0: The following talk was recorded at LibrePlanet 2021 Empowering Users, the annual conference on current issues in ethics, social justice and technology from the Free Software Foundation. LibrePlanet is a live conference and speakers often use slides and other visual tools to assist their presentation. You can see the videos of these talks at media.libreplanet.org or on the FSF Peertube channel. LibrePlanet speakers do not represent the mission of the Free Software Foundation. We host speakers talking about their use of free software in different kinds of political and commercial work. The FSF supports their freedom, but does not take positions on any political issues other than those necessary to uphold the principles of free software. Like all the FSF's work on behalf of the grievance of all computer users, Nemo Planet is made possible by thousands of individuals. To keep our work going, please consider becoming an associate member via my.fsf.org join or making a donation at my.fsf.org donate. You can stay informed by subscribing to our newsletter, the free software supporter at fsf.org FSS. And for more information on LibrePlanet, you can visit LibrePlanet.org conference.
1: Hey everybody. I'm James oh. Medeiros on IRC DJME. D-I-E-R. I had to read my own handle, Was kind of sad, it's part of my last name. Welcome uh, to this talk with uh, Nikolai Birko and Sean O'Brien. I'm really excited that these guys are here for you today uh, to share their talk, 3N Web, a better digital world is possible. Um, Nikolai is an expert. I'll share a bit of, of their bios. while well, you may have seen it. He, he's an expert in decentralized privacy by design technologies and is building the 3N Web protocols to create a better and safer digital world. Sean is a visiting fellow at the Information Society Project, where he leads the Privacy Lab Initiative, and is a former lecturer at Yale Law School. He's also a principal researcher at the Express VPN Digital Security Lab, head tutor at Oxford uh, Cybersecurity for Business Leaders, and the founder of Privacy Safe Technology Foundation. Two really accomplished guys. Uh, so great that they're here. I'll share a bit about um, their talk and then I'll hand it over to them. Uh, also please uh, submit your questions throughout their talk uh, through the IRC channel. Uh, as the room monitor, I'll be keeping uh, tabs on there and trying to consolidate as best as I can. And we're gonna have a good chunk of dedicated uh, Q&A at the end, so, so do engage in there. Um, a little spiel and then I'll turn it over to Nikolai to start uh, the 3N web free software protocols and client or decentralized services designed around the principle of least authority to combat the monopolization and centralization that threaten our resilience in unstable times. Wow, speak of unstable times. Uh, In this talk, Mikhail and will introduce the end web and explain its importance to the future of computing. Thanks again, guys, and uh, over to you. Uh,
2: Thank you. So uh, the better digital world. uh, What do we mean by the digital world? Um, Let's take a look at what we actually do right now. Because this digital world that we have is uh, it's something that we created completely and uh, we know how it's done. And maybe there are things that we've missed. So uh, we'll start with a little presentation. This is a Python, and uh, later on on uh, the background, the desktop will show up symmetrically. But essentially, it's uh, your usual uh, experience when you want to uh, talk to a friend, uh, talk to your co workers, uh, send emails. So, <clears throat> this is what we mean by the regular world, regular communications. Uh, now, nothing seems threatening. Um, uh, you don't feel that somebody is watching on you, but uh, we we have these problems around the clouds. The clouds know who you talk with. The clouds know what you say in your chats. Uh, the cloud uh, we don't like it. I mean, this is uh, this is not what we want to have. In fact, many of you uh, and your grandparents migrated to uh, states because they were not liking the feudal state of the Europe that it was in, uh, the lack of the freedoms. Uh, and somebody says, like uh, we have, we hear this phrase that we're in a digital feudal space. Why? Why is it this? Like this experience that you see right now in front of your face like just just chatting like can it be good can it be bad how do we figure out how it works and uh, the how question actually comes down to the uh, architecture and uh, some not all of the architectures are made the same so uh, let me this and uh, so currently all of your uh, whatsapps or Facebooks or Gmails uh, they work on this uh, standard system where the client uh, sends some data to the uh, to the server uh, for example that chat that you saw it uh, it may go to the server and the server is doing some computation on it and figures us something out and then sends it to your friend. So this model where the computation was always on the server actually was needed, probably was needed 30 years ago, uh, 40 years ago. Uh, it's still with, NAS- with us now, but you can see that uh, this need for the computation on the server this, uh, in this architecture, in this layout, requires that all of this sensitive data is given to the server. And essentially, uh, when you give something to the server, it can be abused. You give them data, you, they own your data. Uh, they You give them uh, information about who you talk with, and all of a sudden they know who you talk with and what are your business plans, what are your plans for life, uh, and sooner or later somebody will try to sell it, and w- there has been a long time enough that this information has been sold, and uh, this is a meaning of these terms and conditions may apply, In and in this architecture, is technically allowing it. We have done it, but it's not the only architecture possible. Uh, so, the next step uh, is in the uh, thinking is what we call the data ownership architecture. Uh, think of it as a, a PGP, for example. That's the first case where we have an introduction of end to end encryption, where uh, the peers encrypt their data to the keys that are known only to them, and the server where operator of the server doesn't have access to the content of the data. Uh, this, necessarily, your uh, computation goes to the client. Um, with mail, we never th- talked about this moving of a computation towards the client as a theme, but with the 3NWeb, web, it is the theme, and we'll come to it a little bit later. But most important that uh, the end-to-end encryption moves the computation, And necessarily, because the server cannot do anything, uh, polymorphic computation like it's still a pie in the sky and probably will always be, whatever. But it gives, this architecture gives the data ownership back to the user. So all of you who are users of signals, you have, uh, you know your data. The server may know who you talk with. Right? It's still a little bit too monopolistic. You know, you have your data, you have your data privacy, but you still don't have your uh, privacy of who you talk with. Uh, Privacy about your metadata, like this element of privacy. Surveillance is watching and knowing who you talk to, not what you send. And uh, in case of Signal, when the government came, Signal told, uh, asked, told the court that uh, government should not be allowed to this metadata. Government should not be allowed to force them to collect extra metadata. Well, Signal cannot be a server in UK. uh, Their act, uh, they they will be compelled to collect more metadata than they currently uh, are. In Belarus, I know for sure, it's a suicide to run the server, the signal server, because of the monopolistic nature. Now when we talk about this centralized uh, server, uh, we know that there's another way it's called federation. So federation is actually what's on your picture right now, you can imagine you send an email, but actually your computer sends email to your to the server, to your service provider. And in that email, you it says that where this email should go further on. So basically <clears throat> there needs to be a cooperation between the servers. That's the classical federation. It's SMTP, it's email. It's your XMPP model. Uh, matrix is precisely this. Matrix is a cooperation between those servers. Um, now, the problem with the servers is still, the server must know where the message goes. So somebody can still come and listen on. And with Signal, it's a, it's an argument that if they say, for example, Signal, uh, two people, uh, two servers uh, No, one of them will break uh, under the pressure of the government. So it's better to have one bulletproof uh, uh, service provider. But uh, that's one threat. Another threat is actually what has happened already. Do you remember the Google talk? The very nice XMPP client. Do you remember the time when Google just decided to cut off the rest of the XMPP world? Yes, we had a very nice future for where the XMPP uh, would have been nice. It was broken. It was broken by a big vendor. How precisely? stopping a gateway. In human terms, it means stopping a cooperation between the servers, so uh, the federation where servers needs an active technical cooperation, it can be broken and the breakage monopolies wants to do that breakage, uh, so that their networks are sort of more equal than the other ones. Although, federation means freedom, you know now, in our community, in a bigger community, security, uh, there's this uh, discussion goes on, uh, and you can see Moxie Spike uh, signal guy uh, in 2016 get this uh, seminal blog post, if I may And uh, Matrix guys were actually talking with him in 2016, but this is a fresher one, 2020. And they're talking about, you know, do we want this federation? Uh, And uh, Signal guys say, no, we don't. But I want to pose you this thing. Um, It's a false choice. It's a false choice. In the frame, in the context when you believe that the classical federation is the only way to provide a federated user experience. What if I'll tell you that you have been using a different federation style all along already since the 90s, the web. The web is very interesting thing. Uh, say you want to visit a website, uh, your browser just does some uh, request into the naming uh, network uh, system. It can be DNS or something else, and then it can potentially go as an anonymous person to the uh, to that site. And the same computer in the same browser window can open uh, some other site. So basically this user can have an experience from two vendors without the vendors cooperating and that's what we mean by having a federated user experience while the servers don't need any cooperation and note that um, for example uh, your WordPress. If you are a WordPress owner of a website, you use these words. You are the owner, you are of the service, of the server. Uh, the server will know you for sure. So this side of relationship will always exist. Somebody has to pay for the server. It has to be somebody's server. But everybody else can come anonymously so every communication on the server can be seen as we know one side will know it anyway but everybody else is anonymous and this is where this web style federation shines where we can have uh, uh, protection against civilians the server doesn't have to know who you talk with now we add to this the end-to-end encryption and with the end-to-end encryption, our programs, our modern style user experience applications run on the client where the, well, the client controls the device and uh, where the keys are and they don't leave any further. Uh, user may share something Uh, some key material in the end-to-end encryption form with his or her peers, but the server will not know about it. They will not know who is talking to who and what data is sent. This is a reduction of the civilians on one hand, and on the other hand, any small provider can do the job. Right now, it's very difficult to become an email provider because you have to prove that you are not a spammer to a Google. What does it mean not to prove to, a spammer, uh, to Google that you are not a spammer? It's that play in the classical federation scheme which is broken precisely by saying, oh, that somebody else is a spammer. Therefore, we are not allowed them into the, our digital world where the free world, is the place where everybody's welcome. And this architectural uh, thing which we have is what we believe is the freedom and this is what we we have created and nobody else have been able to broken because there's nothing seriously to bro- to break. Most important, not only about security and privacy, but the monopoly thing. This thing is resistant to monopoly. Uh, you worry about the privacy, you worry about security, these are worries uh, for today and tomorrow. When you take a perspective of 10 years, will I be able to run my programs? Uh, if the service disappears right now, the monopolistic, monopolistic server, service disappears, I won't be able to have that user experience to share it with my grandkids. That's the problem with the monopolies. And this thing where we can have different providers, we can, ha- we can be a providers of our own, and actually their programs run on the client is what will give us solid, secure future besides the, the today, uh, besides the present. Now, 3.0 Web simply is uh, a set of uh, protocols, that form a base to run different applications. Remember, we users actually want to just send the messages. They don't want to know about this architectural business, right? So this three and web creates uh, underneath the surface to build the applications, and we want them to be built in such a way that it's easy for them to build. So the developer of an app, well has particular needs like a disk sending a message and maybe identifying people but so that like i know who is bob who is jim right um, because they are my friends there needs to be a way of doing that and the three and web provides this uh sir uh, provides these protocols so um, now let's uh go back let's move on to implementation of these protocols and uh, i want to present you this little thing Uh, so as i told you this is a new uh, pine phone so this is a developer platform open hardware this is running mobile and this is your cloud service which cannot be monopolized and where your uh, stuff runs on the client side. And I want to point out that uh, right now you see in front of you code completely written in the JavaScript. And this 10 or 15 seconds that it took uh, for password to do the script Encryption is for protection of the password, Uh, you do it like, say, once a day in the morning, you start your program. And the platform itself, you see, uh, there was, uh, we clicked uh, mail, uh, user interface started, right? So the messaging, uh, like like email, is like, it's... um, it's actually a user experience in the form of email. It's very convenient for the documents, right? So this one, uh, next one clicked is the chart user experience. And I want to note uh, that I'm not scrolling this video. This is uh, an actual time, how fast or it takes for this pine phone. And those people who are in the pine phone community, they know that running electron based application, this is electron based application, right? So uh, it's miracle that it runs. Uh, Now with your help, we will be able uh, to rust important bits uh, to turn them into rust language because encryption should be in rust language. And uh, guys, for example, from uh, Tauri Studio, uh, uh, they are doing like something analog to electron, but way more efficient, Tauri.studio. Uh, they were talking that, for example, purism guys, uh, they told them that no way they can get their electron-based application into their um, store uh, because it's too heavyweight. So there's two points to, to note. First of all, you are seeing it takes a little bit time to run. Uh, it's electron is heavyweight. And you are seeing here a tiny little phone. Uh, development version so it's not even optimized um, and another version is that another point here is that with three and web we don't have a centralized store the server doesn't know what apps are running on the client side now in the background I open uh this this two video streams one is the desktop another is uh, the spine phone attached to the screen, of course, the bigger screen, and uh, this presentation just basically showing that you can send stuff, it sends in the real time, just like the previous one, the previous demo, I just scrolled that a little bit faster, but um, this is, my friends, this is the future, which I think we have, this is the safe place to be. The server doesn't know what applications you run. Uh, he, uh, after this demo, uh, will uh, in the Q&A session, we'll open uh, the files and see uh, that this application, you just add your own JavaScript. And right now, uh, the core of the platform uses the JavaScript uh, HTML pages because it's the simplest thing to run right now and uh, we can do actually some funny tricks now uh, uh, yeah so on the video there's a little bit of a scrolling I'm waiting um, uh, there should be next we should be able to open the files on the form itself and you will see that even the native file application in the Mo- mobile on this pine phone takes time to open up. You see, it was a click, and then it takes time. So uh, it's not just an electron, it's just, you see, it's development platform. But the fact is, now these are the folders that were mounted. They are mounted, this content is encrypted. It's like, uh, imagine it's like your Google Drive or something like that, no, log out, log out. Hope everything disappears your mounted data that was encrypted is gone, is gone. This thing can be on the flash drive. It can be on your flash drive. And when you log out, there's no traces in your desktop that you had this 3M computer turned on. And here we are, this is the promised land. Your stuff is encrypted, there's no App censorship. You can run whatever. The server doesn't know what it is. There's no civilians in terms of that nobody knows who you talk with. On top of the fact that your stuff encrypted and you own your data. You can change the vendor. You can run your own server. Uh, guys in Germany can run their own servers. You've seen that this is right in front of you, Demos, it was a Libra software, and it's Libre not in just in spirit, but in its architectural design of those protocols, and you've just seen it run on a pine phone, on an open hardware. This is a real nice future, which is already here. We need to spread it, and uh, of course it's all GPL, uh, we have spec server, so I told you that these are protocols, protocols means that uh, we need to make an RFC, and for RFC we need a spec server, spec server has tests specs, so um, Uh, without them it would be impossible to create what we have done here (laughs) what you've seen but on on another hand that's an actual functional specification and we want it to be as a standard three and web standard then there's this three and web implementation and there can be many we are for the plural free world and we just have one of the implementations and uh, uh, it's also uh, currently on the github have to go to the GitLab. Yeah. Now, please note this, uh, you can go into 3nweb.com, downloads, web pages, 3nweb overview, and there's a, it's a PDF with an overview. It's not as technical, but slightly more into details of an architectural level, uh, of how this three, uh, web style Federation morphs into different protocols, how, Yeah, how things are set up. And do go onto this 3nweb.com and click that button called Early Access. Please do so. Only together we are able to create the future um, that is free. Uh, Yeah. Okay, sure. Awesome,
3: Nikolai. Well, um, I just want to underscore, and I want to make sure we get to questions. I'm sure there's quite a few, but I want to underscore four key points here. Um, But first I want to say, if it's not, you know, uh, if you don't quite see the potential of this, um, this is awesome stuff. Uh, Basically it allows for traditional web style federation um, with safe key exchanges, right? Very smart exchanging of encryption and encrypted data. Um, that doesn't have to be, you know, shoehorned into anything or retrofitted into anything, can work in a number of different contexts. And uh, Mikulai and his team already have uh, uh, clients that do this. Uh, They've got uh, three basic examples, the 3N storage, which is, you know, file storage. Um, They've got Asmail, Asmail, which is uh, messaging. So it's not just email. You can do it in in an email style interface. You can do chat. You can do all kinds of things. Um, and uh, also the um, mailer ID, which is the identifier, right? So you could do LDAP style, right, uh, linking of identities um, so that you can figure out who's logging into your network um, and give them access to the resources they need without having to uh, man in the middle them, so to speak, right? You want to make sure they have access to that stuff without uh, spying on them. So four contexts where this is important to me. And the first one is, um, you know, I met Mikolai at Libre Planet in 2019. Um, I'm very interested in working on little mini computers, right? Uh, Raspberry Pi style, BeagleBone style, you know, those, those little mini servers and was looking for something that um, would allow folks to own their own keys, own their own identity, but still be able to federate, right? Um, well, 3N Storage does that in that context. So, even though you know um, the examples uh, used in the presentation were more about you know sort of uh, someone who has a server running somewhere in a server rack, you can do this on an ad hoc sort of uh, decentralized, you know personal basis between many different users. Sure. So that's extremely interesting and awesome stuff. Um, the second thing is that uh, enterprise and you know uh, institutional organizational um, setups, Um, This is a way where services that are traditionally uh, problematic or insecure or not private or not under the control of the organization um, can be um, set up while still respecting the downstream privacy and security of the users, right? Um, So it's a really awesome way for organizations who are thinking about transitioning to uh, work from home and these other remote ways of doing things, which we all are now doing, Um, to be able to do that. And they don't have to, again, like shoehorn anything in, it works on existing setups. Um, The third thing that I think is interesting is that because it's not requiring onion routing or mixed networks or these kinds of awesome anonymity technologies, um, or even a VPN, right? Because it's not requiring any of that. um, It fits use cases for digital self-defense which would otherwise be problematic. Um, I know Miklai, I think brought up one or two of them, but for example, um, there's some folks in, um, in Myanmar um, who uh, could benefit from not identifying themselves on the tour network, right? Um, and this would be a way of sort of uh, doing that and still having private and secure services while your traffic does not look um, different, uh, which is always an issue when you're trying to be anonymous. Um, And the fourth thing, which I'd love to hear more from Nikolai about, is that you can, if you want to, use a different style of addressing scheme. You're not tied to the domain name system or the traditional addressing. You can use URIs that you make up and come up on your own. You can do Tor. You can do IPFS. um, All these kinds of new uh, networks that are interesting from a distributed data store standpoint or anonymity and privacy, um, 3N Web would be able to uh, not just cope with, but I think Excel in those contexts texts.
2: Yeah, precisely, so, precisely. Yeah. Uh, three and web protocols, they are like a layer uh, that fits into this standard uh, networking uh, layer stack. And uh, we are specifically want to stand on the shoulders of giants and allow others to stand on this next layer. Uh, so when somebody writes an application, they don't have to worry about this. Questions, how do you find uh, something? We, for example, we use existing naming architecture for DNS, for example, on the regular internet, it's DNS on the Tor in the overview, for example, uh, on the dot onion uh, addresses, we can actually use that simple uh, dot known um, uh, web server uh, uh, sort of folder. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, RFC for the dot uh, .known services, uh, and that's a different naming, and there can be different types of namings, and we are not dictating what kind of uh, uh, transport layer. The transport layer can be different. It can be HTTPS at this moment, but it can be something else.
3: Great. And obviously, you know, I'm really excited about it. Um, Signups can be done through that early access, um, which actually goes through our privacy safe shop, which is the organization that um, I set up. Um, and that organization also does online education and a bunch of other cool things, but make sure you sign up through there if you want access to this tech, and um, if you signed up for anything else that we've done at Privacy Safe, digital self-defense, et cetera, and you want access to 3N Web, just reach out, and we'll make sure you have it. We want to have a good uh, group of, you know, uh, alpha and beta users, basically, who are able to um, not only use this stuff, but use it in exciting and fun contexts, and I know the Libra Planet crowd is the right... Crowd for that. Um, on that note, uh, do we have any questions from the audience here? Sure, James here, uh, just sharing my
1: webcam again. Thanks for thanks for that, Nikolai. Thanks for that, Sean. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we do. I guess we've got about ten minutes, just over uh, for some questions, so we can sink into them. Um, just to say, you've received some support uh, in the audience. You know, very interesting. Uh, somebody says we'll definitely try it out. So that's great. Um, first question here out of uh, four or so or three or so that are queued up so far, and again, I keep sending them in. Um, somebody asks, in this model, doesn't your ISP know whom you're talking to and what steps are you taking there?
2: So uh, here to protect against ISP, all of this can run on top of Tor or Mixnets, nets and whatever other protection you can find for the transport layer.
3: So in a traditional setup though, lie, let's say that you don't do that, right? And you tie to domain. Um, let's say Yale University did it, right? I convinced Yale to use this technology. Um,
2: they would be able to see
3: what? What would they be able to see about the transaction? What is the level of privacy a user would expect in that scenario? So,
2: so the the ISP will, uh, server will always know what IP comes to them. And the global, uh, Global Adversary, for example, Observer also can see what IP is talking to. And the only, this is an attack uh, a check on the transport layer. And as a result, the mitigation of this ISP observation is the mitigation on the transport layer. And we have Tor for that or MixNets for that. And or
3: it, hypothetically, an organization could just have a dedicated, you know, uh, VPN that everybody dials into because they're not, yes. trying, they're worried
1: about yeah.
2: outside experience. Yes, That's- yes, yes. And it just somebody will see that, oh, these people go to this VPN. So, for example, your Tor, you can think of, about Tor as if it's a trusted VPN. That's the way I think of it.
3: But I could see an organization having an LDAP server with single sign on, people sign in. Yeah, of course, the organization knows you signed in from your IP, but you're protecting the contents of the transmission, right? Um, yeah, the most all, important. And, and for every transaction, right?
2: Yeah, the most important is that the servers themselves don't know. Like, uh, you have to think about your infrastructure in layers. So there are servers layers, and then there's layers where passwords already exist anyway. So those bits and pieces, they were always uh, are sensitive, and they can always exist in certain uh, restricted places. But everything else, uh, that should be, if somebody gets uh, hacks that, nothing should be on that server, and that server should not see anything. So even if as an organization, I run this server. Uh, I am secured in the knowledge that if somebody steals that server physically, there's nothing on it. If somebody hacks into it and sits on it uh, continuously, like that uh, uh, you know, advanced persistent threat sitting consistently on the server, I don't care about it. Server should not, uh, will not get enough information out of it.
1: They say, uh, cool, thanks for, for clarifying. Um, there's another question, uh, might be along the same lines. And I think if I understood, um, it might've just been an example when you were talking about um, the 90s web and I think federated architecture, specifically DNS, because they're asking um, the query you'd mentioned about DNS and not sure if you're talking about encrypting that or assuming VPN setup. Was that just an example of
2: architecture or? Uh, so most important is that we use the naming system. Now then you can ask the question, okay, how do I secure my naming system? And one of the uh, possible scenarios is DNS over HTTPS. That's number one. Uh, Or if you don't trust that Cloudflare or Google, you use DNS over HTTPS from somebody else. Now, uh, there there were actually folks last year on uh, on C3 talking about this uh, DNS system and securing it, and there's, there's all sorts of ways. But most important is that we, when we build the 3N Web, we're not trying to mess with the naming system. We're just using it. Because when you try to make an architecture that messes with another layer, you get yourself in a system which you cannot evolve, and you cannot actually produce and deliver the results. We are able to do what we've done because we strictly follow this uh, architectural principle of doing uh, your own thing, doing it correctly, but uh, articulated it in a such a way that it is useful and, you know, does this protection and privacy thing. So, that. yeah, so he, uh, So when you go onto this overview PDF, I there have an example of DNS. And an example of how I would have naming system on my uh, s- hidden services on my dot .onion addresses.
1: Thanks for sharing that. Uh, hope that was helpful uh, for the person who asks. Um, again, keep sending in your questions. Here's another one. Um, this person says the comparison to email hosting is interesting. It's definitely unnecessarily hard to run your own to run your own mail server. And you know to get Gmail to trust your emails, but um, being able to defederate seems important too, as seen in the Fediverse. They've said um, they're asking you, how do you strike a balance?
2: So uh, in order to participate, so uh, the only thing that I needed for to have the three and web service for this domain is to add the txt to act some records in the naming system. This naming system in this particular context is a DNS. So it was. that was the only thing that I needed to set up to have a server uh, discoverable by clients. That's it. I don't know how simpler can we go from here. I guess uh, the
3: question, Mikolai, uh, is so if you're not participating in three N Web, are you able to still operate a mail server that has um, an address that people uh, know and can send you messages outside?
2: Oh, uh, that's that's the client. Uh, so you can have uh, so, so you can have a, a mailing client. Uh, the uh, where's our yeah you can have a mail client that, for example, sends uh, messages, but figure, so for example, uh, Mike Milovic here at 3 andweb.com. When you put in the name right now, your client can already safely tell you exactly if that person exists, if that address is correct, and, for example, if uh, the message can be sent at all. And right away here, the client, you see, this uh, this application can be done in such a way that if there's no 3N web, they can, okay, well, then we'll try to do a, a SMTP, regular email. But they will have to show in here in user interface that this is now we're using all the email, which is a leaky pipe. You see, this communication here in the, uh, in the 3N web, it's a non-leaky pipe. When you try to communicate out, it's like connecting a leaky and, and leaking pipe. You will get leaks. So you and essentially, it's a question of what you can do here with these applications. Uh,
3: but you could potentially secure your
2: organization
3: and all the communications between yeah. people who are using three and web, even if they're in outside organizations. That's right. But if somebody's not using three and web, you can write a client or even write a server yes. in front of the three yes. web. Yes. Yes. And
2: and and on the same domain you can put uh, records for your three and web, and then you can put your MX records for your email, and you can run both. But uh, you actually want to just move everything into place, which is secure and safe.
1: Thanks. So we've got about a minute and a half left. I, I wonder, guys, if there's any kind of final remarks or final things you'd like to leave with the audience with or that early
2: access is really interesting too. Any more details Or up
1: to you. The floor is yours.
2: So do, do come, click on that early access. Uh, we need your numbers. Uh, we desperately need your numbers. Uh, Now, uh, the thought I want to leave you is that I have started this uh, project uh, and put certain things into protocols in such a way that a small provider can start a small business. You know, like somebody on the corner of your street, they have a little pizzeria, you know, and and in, in the afternoon you go for pizza and you go to them and you pay a little bit of money. And this is how our society works. I want to see it in this digital world. So please sign up. Uh, please come in so that I can go to my bank and say, "Hey, can we continue with the loan?" And uh, we're gonna provide you with just reasonable uh, thing. Uh, I personally do not believe that we can run the whole world. Uh, 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 on a a charity basis. Charity has its places, but the bigger scheme, so this thing, you want it everywhere. If you want to have it everywhere, it should be everywhere like pizzerias, which means little providers can be there. People can participate and can gainfully participate so that people can create applications and stuff. So that's sort of economic thought. And maybe a secondary thought is that when you ra- when you create this, so developer of this chat application that connects people doesn't have to pay for Amazon bills. Yay.
3: <laughs> yeah, just real quick, I just want Yay. to say, you know,
2: you know uh, Mikhail is
3: offering this service through, uh, obviously, 3 web and servers that he's set up to run all this. The clients are really fresh, but I think they're very... Beautiful, actually. They look nice and, and things function very well. From a community free software perspective, uh, devs are needed. Folks trying this out are needed. Um, trying it out maybe first uh, on Mikulai's in, in, infrastructure and then setting up something else of their own. Whether that's a pizzeria or an anarchist collective or whatever, it doesn't really matter.
2: Um, it's freedom.
3: Yeah, you need more people and 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 the more interest I think would be great. Also, uh I think it would make sense for us as we get more folks to set up other communication channels and have a real community um you know conversation. So That's awesome.
1: Well, on that note, thanks so much Sean. Thanks so much Nikolai. It's really been wonderful. Enjoy Leaper Planet guys. Um this has been awesome. So, take care Thank you. and I uh, awesome. hope you guys uh connect with everybody soon. All right. Ciao. Thank you.